This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 3rd, episode 2194, brought to you by Omega Alpha Equine. Good morning, horse people. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings... I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. So not me. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. On today's show, Jamie answers a bunch of training questions. With performance season gearing up for some disciplines, Dr. Chang is bringing us a nutrition update on recovery. We'll give you another installment of Equestrian First World Problems, plus special guest Pam Custer comes on to talk about the experience of losing her therapeutic riding center last week in the tornadoes. And that's what's on today's show. But first, Glenn starts off with a refresher on just what the heck this show is all about. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Jemmy. Well, we, I was looking at the numbers, and our numbers are going up every month, and we're getting a lot of new listeners. So about once a quarter, we like to explain what goes on here. Uh, Jamie and I and one of our uh, lovely producers are here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday talking all about horses, a little bit about Hello. everything. Everything Hi. horses. That's me. That's Jamie. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have special once-a-month guests that come in. So we have eight different once-a-month guests come in talking about different things, like tomorrow's jumping day, uh, Thursday is driving day, then we have an endurance day, we have training days. So there's all kinds of different things that happen all month long here on the show. And yes, we are the number one uh, horse podcast in the world, but then we've been doing it for 2,194 episodes. So uh, if we aren't, we're doing something wrong. But that's that's what we're all about here at Horses in the Morning. And we have started this show pretty much since the beginning, all 2,190 episodes, with a Daily Winnie. And my Daily Winnie goes out to a bunch of people. Well, to Jemmy Nye's friend, Steve Heath, happy birthday to you. Host Max Cochran of the Eventing Show. It's her birthday as well. So happy birthday to Max. I think she's up in Kentucky right now. Uh, Also to auditors Chantel and Mogi. Uh, Happy birthday to both of you as well. Chantel has been around since uh, since the auditors started. And for new listeners, auditors are like super fans. They pay as little as a dollar a month, up to $25 a month, whatever they want to donate. And you become an auditor and you get in the super secret auditor room where there's about a thousand posts a day of everybody helping each other with all life's problems, not 
not just horses, but uh, it has become a true family in there, probably less dysfunctional than most of your families in the auditor room. I would like to argue with that, but I can't. Speak for yourself. And I don't don't know about super fans. They're just people that that there's a there's a benefit to being an auditor is they get to like get free stuff and win prizes. So (laughs) that's why probably most of them do it and hang out with each other. I think that's you know they they do have a community built in there and and, uh, it is kind of neat for us too. All right, your turn. I'm going to give my daily Winnie to Randy. Randy is a young man that is a working student over at Feather Creek Farms. Feather Creek Farms is an eventing facility that is 2.2 miles away. And I decided last week I've been working with, I have these two horses. I haven't decided which one is going to be my thoroughbred makeover horse. So Groot, I've taken on a road trip and he's really difficult. He's really just can't relax in the trailer. So I thought I'll take Drax because Drax is super chill in the trailer. So I take him to Feather Creek Farm, 2.2 miles away. They've got a, it's an eventing facility. They've got an indoor. They've got an outdoor. It's just lots of new stuff to see. So I unload Drax and he's pretty chill. And he's walking around and we, it was sunny and 85 on Saturday when we left Glenn, sunny and 85, like people here were like falling out because of the heat, which is ridiculous. Uh, it's not 120. I'm happy. I'm like, y'all, this is freaking awesome. There's moisture in the air. They're like, oh, the humidity. Like, how was I, how are you riding at two in the afternoon? It's 85. I'm like, I'm gonna punch you in the face. Okay. So I take Drax over. He unloads perfectly well he actually unloads and starts grazing and i was like oh that's so nice he's relaxed and then oklahoma happens and the skies all of a sudden turn black black and i've walked him up to the indoor at this point are you riding at this point no i'm just still leading him because i wanted to lead him around for a while before i got on Thank God, because then the trees start. The wind is blowing so hard that the trees are sideways and then the rain starts and then the lightning and the thunder. And I was running down to my trailer like I got to get him back in the trailer. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know these people. I can just like put him in a stall. And then I see Randy who's bringing in the horses that are out in the pasture. And I was like, do you have a place I can put this horse? And so he's like, yeah, you can stick him in that barn first of all in the so run it there. I put Drax in the stall, but not before some other chick was bringing in her horse who then got loose and starts galloping. And I've got this horse that is wearing a bridle and a saddle in the pouring lightning rain. And this white horse gallops by inches from running into us. Drax at that point, he was trying. He was trying. (laughs) (laughs) Then he lost his marbles. And it was like he was pee-offing and running sideways and leaping in the air while I'm trying to lead him up to the barn where Randy said I could put him in a stall. So I put him in the stall and I'm like, while the tornado warnings are going off. Yes, (laughs) of course. Of course. And I'm like, what an idiot I am. This was a pop-up. Nobody knew it was coming. And what a crazy thing for me to put my horse in the trailer and be like, it's so beautiful outside. And then boom, the worst first experience for a horse ever. So then I have to go home. I'm like, I'm going to leave Mary to run home, make sure my horse at home are okay. So I'm driving home in this lightning storm with a trailer attached, bouncing down the road, empty, get to my house, get everybody secure there. And then after about two hours, it just stops. 
and the sun comes out and it's perfectly beautiful again. You had a Florida like, afternoon is what you had. Like, do I live in a freaking <laughs> war zone? What is the deal? So I go back over and Randy is starting to get his horse tacked up because the story doesn't end there. I can't if you wanted to. Should I stop or no, do you want no, to hear no, how my ride went? <laughs> because at that point, oh, Drax is happily munching some alfalfa in the stall. And I'm like, oh, he looks super chill. I like get you know, he's been in the stall for two hours. I hung out during this freaking storm and lightning and all this. Randy's getting tacked up to ride the horse next to him. So I'm like, well, let's go ride together up to the indoor. Well, that's great. Or uh, to the outdoor arena. So I get on and I lead him up to the arena because he hasn't been here before. And he's like super snorting at everything. Like <laughs> everything is just new, you know? And I'm like, he's a baby. He's four years old. It's first time here. No big deal. I get on him. Because he, he knows how to come to the mounting block and stand. So that's the only, I think that's the only time he actually stood still for about the next 45 minutes <laughs> was the mounting block. After that, oh, man. I had I was like, Randy, you can't come cantering towards us. I ended up almost in the dirt about 15 times. He's galloping sideways, trying to run out the gate. I just, this was like a completely, this is the horse when he's here at home. I have to like almost kick him to keep him going and at this place he was like jigging and running sideways and galloping and spinning and was super dangerous so i just got to and so randy was like just do some transitions he's on this like fat old quarter horse like super <laughs> trained you know just stand there try some transitions anyway he talked us off the ledge we got to where i could do a walk to trot transition then trot to walk and then trot to halt for half a second and then go back to a trot so anyway it ended up I didn't die. We got back in the trailer and we went home. But thanks to Randy, I think what I'm going to do now, because he's 21 or 19, somewhere between 19 and 21, I didn't ask, but he bounces. And so I'm going to take both Rocket and Groot over there and he's going to ride one while I ride the other. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do them both at the same time. They're too wild. So you didn't I get, get too an tired. email 10 minutes after you got home uh, saying you weren't welcome back? You know what? Shockingly enough, because I helped them bring in their horses, they actually like me. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in the lightning storm and I'm bringing in horses for complete strangers. They're like, she's all right. <laughs> so Feather Creek Farm, my new, uh, my new go-to <laughs> as far as places to hang out. There you go. That's my daily windy. Bye. <laughs> All right, we're going to get and, to some... And, and here's yeah. what the ironic part, is that people have asked me training questions that I'm about to answer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to get to uh, training questions in just one second, but I have a question for you and Jemmy. Uh, do you both... Did, did you both like Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy and or Monty Python? Uh, uh, never saw Hitchhiker and barely remember Monty, so I'm sorry. I know you're mad at me now. I apologize in advance. Okay. Can I just say that I ditto her answer. I've never seen Hitchhiker's Guide and Monty Python. Like, I mean, it's it's quotable and it's fun. But when I watched it, actually, I was like, this is very quotable, but it's not that. All right. Then you two don't okay. listen to the hey. next statement. Um, for all the listeners out there who actually <laughs> like Monty Python and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you have to watch Good Omens. It just came out on on Amazon Prime. So if you get Amazon Prime, it's six. It's six. Uh, there's six episodes. Uh, and you gotta go watch it it is hilarious if you like Monty Python you're gonna love this but it's called Good Omens go check it out people love the book people have read the books love the book I never read the book but the acting in this was tremendous it's really it's good it's only a flesh wound yes that's right well there's a few of those so definitely check out Good Omens it's very good 
All right, training questions. You had gotten some training questions from listeners last week that we didn't get a chance to answer all of them. So we're going to take on a couple more before we get to Dr. Chang today. Now, remember that this is coming from a certified Monty Roberts trainer and instructor, not the idiot who took her horse in a lightning storm <laughs> to a new farm. Uh, well, and Monty's this is probably also, done that a time or two, too. Uh, you know, you got life happens, right? Uh, but um, the other part of this is that this is part of being an auditor is you get to submit these kind of questions to me and Mary Kitzmiller does them as well. So benefit of being an auditor is you get to have this and you also get to submit first world problems, which you'll hear later on. So, um, the, the question is from Cade Smith. <clears throat> Cade says, all right, Arto is so gentle and easy to handle in hand. As soon as you're not his leader, he wants to bolt. Lunging is like a tornado on a string. What am, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Okay, that's a great you, description, Kate. <laughs> yeah. Because we've all seen it. <laughs> what Do you do house calls? And then he says, reminder, this is an abused, previously padded Tennessee walker. Mm. He is so gentle in hand with you leading him. Now, let me say, didn't you just say he bolts when you're leading him? So that's not very gentle. Um. So I, I did ask some follow-up questions of Cade because I, that, uh, I said, when do you feel like you stop being the leader? And he says, when he's not in front of the left shoulder, which makes sense for previously padded horses led to the ring by a trainer and told to go. And I said, does he bolt when you get in front of him or only behind? Only behind, but starts shifty eyes and spook hunting when you get too far forward. So here's the thing. I, I guess I have to explain kind of like explain how horses learn. So what happens with abused horses, Tennessee walking horses, the padded ones, I have been in the barn and I saw these horses stand tied to the back of their stall. And when the person needs to go get them, they whip them on the side to get them to move over so they can untie it. Because of course the horse wants to kick the crap out of them because they're completely mortifyingly abused, just as abused as they can be. <clears throat> so, the way the horses learn is think of um, a filing cabinet, okay? And you've got your your most recent documents are in the front, and then they go from chronological order front to back. So you have to, uh, in the front of the filing cabinet is a lot of bad pictures in this filing cabinet. And you've got to replace all of those bad pictures with good pictures. Now you can't get rid of them. You can't take them out. You just can push them further back. So you just need to put a bunch of new good pictures in the front of that filing cabinet to start to push those bad pictures to the back. Does that make sense? And how horses kind yeah, of that's a good analogy actually learn. Yeah. <clears throat> so all right. Arto has some very, very bad pictures. And when you say he's gentle and easy to handle in hand, he's not because he is a ticking time bomb. Lunging him is pointless, uh, if I can say. You know, something to do even more so would be to long line him in a round pin. But keep in mind that the line behind him is probably going to really freak him out. So the thing I would do first, 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 is put him in a round pin and get a join up. And get a proper join up. Do it the right way. Um We also need to increase his comfort zone. He's not comfortable with humans probably walking quickly up to him and, and away. So uh, working on approach and retreat. And I'm going to give you some things to go study <clears throat> on trust building 
that would require you excuse me, I need some water, would require you to go to MontyRobertsUniversity.com because it's going to be easier for you to see these videos than for me to explain it. Um, but one of them is called Spooky Kadena is one of the fantastic uh, things that you can go look at. This is a super spooky, 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 spooky mare. Uh, and so that's that's a really good video to go watch. And the other is What's in a Name? And the horse's name is Lunatic. And it is a horse that has no trust and is is just very, so what's in the name and spooky Kadena are going to be some things. There's a lake and stream exercise that we do, which is putting the tarps on the ground. And it's, it's very incremental and very easy for the horses to learn. So you just go on and watch those and start thinking about it. Plastic on a stick is going to be something that would probably erupt your horse, but eventually will help you build trust. Uh, so that's another thing that you'll want to go find on the Monty Roberts University. It is just too long for me to explain it without being able to show it to you at the same time. So we need to increase Arto's comfort zone. He obviously isn't comfortable with humans in any position besides right at his shoulder. And I'm sorry, you can't be like that all the time, Arto. We're going to have to move around you. I mean, I'd be interested to see a video of how he is when you're picking his feet or when you're going to catch him or when you're going to get him or you're moving around him in a stall, things like that. But we need, he's got a very small comfort zone. You're okay right here at the 27th degree off my left shoulder. Well, we need to start making that broadening that, you know, and make it 180 degrees and then 360 degrees. So replace those pictures as bad pictures with good pictures. I got to tell and, you, that's an excellent analogy. I had a miniature version of Arto. Our first hackney was, we found out after we bought this hackney at an auction, was a roadster pony. And with the roadster pony, they pretty much train them the same way they do these. And they pat, they jack up their shoes and the whole thing. And they train them the same way. And I, I and this this pony would be plastered against the back wall of a stall every time a human would walk by for a year. It yeah. took that long for us to. I love your analogy to replace the pictures um, to the yeah. point where he would stay at the front of the stall when you'd come by. And the only reason he did was we showed him over a year's period of time. He wasn't going to get a beat anymore and he wasn't going to have firecrackers thrown at him anymore. And all the things they, the horrible things they do to train those horses, uh, you know, it just took that long to build trust again. And, and that's yeah. all it was, was building trust over being very patient, not getting upset. But it's funny you mentioned about picking feet. Uh, the farrier, this pony would, for six months, would stand straight up on its hind legs anytime it was getting its feet done. Because all that pony had associated was getting my feet done hurts after. You know, Everything it really hurts. hurts. Yeah. You know, so because they put those jacked up shoes on them and the whole thing. And that's all he knew is it hurt. You know, so it took mm -hmm. a long, long time and a very patient farrier to get over that. Yeah, you had a good one, huh? <laughs> I mean, that's that pretty took amazing. A long time, long time. Yeah, it, it's it is you know, and and very quickly, if we if you make a wrong move, a lot of times those pictures from the back of the cabinet can come right back yep. up to the front. And you it's know, funny so you said about lunging too, because they 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 the way they lunge is they get them they get in there with a whip or whatever, uh, and then they just get them going ninety miles an hour around circles. 
They just want to yeah. run as fast as possible to wear them out before they bring them out a little bit, you know, or to get, and it just, you know, so lunging is not, it's not what you and I think of as lunging. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, to be honest, I've never really liked lunging for the simple reason without side reins on, because if you, and this, this, they have it actually on the university, Monty Roberts University, they put some cameras up above. And they're like, he lunges horses like that, you know, sending him around, sending him around. And they're completely counter bent. So they're bent to the outside. So they're pulling against the, the, the lunge line and galloping. So they're actually bent the wrong way, which makes them cross canter. So if you see a horse out and it cross canters a lot, like in just loose in a round pen, it's because it's been lunged a ton because they just constantly put their neck to the outside. If you lunge in, lunge in side range, you can keep them a little bit, you know, more bent to the inside. And then you want them to be bent in the direction that they're traveling or you long line, which long lining is so much fun for me because you can actually use the reins just like regular reins and you're standing in the middle and you can work on bending and counter bending and woes and backups and all that stuff without actually being on them. Uh, so that works really well for me when starting horses like baby Zara, she's two. She, I can't get on her yet, but I want her to know everything by the time I do get on her. So she actually long lines perfectly well now, and she's going to know what the bridle means and the cluck and all that means before I even get on. Uh, but that's works for remedial horses too. Oh yeah. Um, Jennifer does that with every horse we get in long lines and first see where they're at. You know, what's funny is one of my horses, my like super laid back horse Duke is, was started by a cowboy. And then one of our listeners, Betty Faye bought him. Uh, and then I got him and I started to long line him. And that outside line hit him behind on his back legs. Didn't hit him. Like just like dropped down under his back legs. And you would have thought he lost it. And a lot of times cowboys will put ropes around the hind legs. And mm -hmm. you, I mean, like he went from super chill Duke to like crazy horse. And that was what picked the picture from the back of his filing cabinet and brought it right to the front. And so we were, you know, working a lot with what you do, the line test where you just let a line drop behind them in the round pin and let them feel it before you actually do the long lining is a good way to start that. And again, you can find that on MontyRobertsUniversity.com. Do we have time um, for Shannon's? I'd love to answer hers because... Is this the, the super? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, we have we have, we have five minutes. All I can right. do it real quick. Shannon's um, a, a para rider out of Australia, one of our auditors, and she's the one that recently had her foot stomped on and was. Uh, uh, she's more para now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. So Shannon says, "I'm a para equestrian rider in Australia. I've recently started taking my two horses out to competitions together instead of one at a time. Unfortunately, they both carry on like crazy when I separate them. Both the one I'm riding and the one left at my float or at the yard. I haven't managed to get a decent ride, and they both work themselves into a lather." It bothers the other riders, too, with my horses constantly winning to each other and pacing in their yards and not focusing in the arena. I've tried having someone hold the other horse nearby, but that doesn't help. They're fine at home when I ride one at my coach's place, although they can't see each other from there. I live in the country, and it's a long way to compete, so I don't want to be able to I, – I don't. I want to be able to take both my horses out together. I always travel alone too. So I don't have people who can manage a spare horse for me. Plus they're big 17, 18 hand warm blood. So they're pretty intimidating. Any tips? God, this is the most uh, asked question. The separation anxiety. Separation anxiety is hard because it is something that horses fundamentally and naturally are herd 
animals. And so some horses just have more herd bound, uh, like the, the propensity to have herd bound behavior. Some are just born that way a little bit more, uh, to deal with herd bound behavior. Like Shannon, I would, I would take your horse, your horses to these shows, right? And you get on one and the other one is right there. And I would, there, there's like three or four different things you can do. Get on one and ride it 10 feet away and bring it back and ride it 20 feet away and bring it back and ride it 30 feet away and bring it back. And every time you get back, just take a deep breath and relax. And that is going to be what you're going to have to do for a while. The other thing is, and this is, this is the hard part is you need to separate them as well. Um, you know, if you can have sleepovers and slumber parties with friends trading horses, you know, if I have a person down the street, I'm going to get, Hey, can I trade horses with you for one night? My horse is a little too attached to my other one and then have them go away and come back and make them comfortable with being apart longer. Um, you can't, if you're, you want to take your two horses to shows and if they're both carrying on like crazy, it doesn't matter if you t take them both, you're not going to get anything done. So maybe first start out by just taking one. I know you've probably done that before, but take one and bring it back and take one and bring it back. And then the other one, it's going to take a lot of work. The other thing I might do, um, first of all, join up is something if you get a proper join up because it will make that horse pay attention to you and bond with you and you become the leader as opposed to its buddy that's back at the barn. Now that doesn't help the horse that's back at the barn from screaming. Something you can do because horses are herd animals is get it a goat or a pony. I mean, you got, you got to figure out something. This zombie is the donkey. worst. Zombie donkey. This is the worst problem with horse people simply because you go like, I have a horse in my backyard, but I need to get him a friend. And so then you get him a friend and he's so attached to the friend that you can't even ride him away. And they're like, well, we need a third friend because I need a third. And then all of a sudden you have all these horses. Yeah. So, uh, that is definitely a super challenging question. Now I, I actually wrote to two other certified instructors to see what they would say. And Denise, who's like the Uber all like number one instructor, she says with, it's a kind of an unknown and newer area horses competing in the world of like, you know, horse been trained for 5,000 years. There's lots of horses and stress factors for the owner as well, because you get nervous when you're going to a show and you would need to train it and don't separate the horses at once for so long, but for a minute and more each time. This is German to English. So you are, like I said, go away and come back, go away and come back, go away and come back five feet, 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then come back and keep checking back. Um, it's, she says it's super tough, but it is doable to get them with that right training to have that repetition of going away and coming back again, the horse at home, maybe uh, the horse back in the, the yard or whatever, get it a goat or something to hang with um now the other instructor said that's harder though if they're turned out together at home it is and yeah. that's why you need to have the slumber parties and 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 ride your horse down the road and leave it at your friend's house for a day and then bring it back you know um hopefully with the guy at home being in the barn or not, not where he can hurt himself um the other instructor says it's not easy to deal with. They're meant to be herd animals, yet we need them to do a job away from their safe place. And she is having the same problem because she just got a farm and had her one horse and the horse was doing great and brought another horse home. And they're just screaming and crazy. She said that she found head lowering exercise really good for bringing their like 
initial like brain, you know, scattiness levels down. Um, and she said that the thoroughbred that she brought in, she had a warm blood at home, uh, would run around the round pin screaming and barely look at her. And a few join ups later, she's more settled and focusing on me about 50% of the time. <laughs> she says join up definitely encourages them to look for a leader. Um, <clears throat> although it's tricky to advise what to do with the leftover horse. And again, she suggests goat or Shetland pony or something like that. So that's a really hard one. Um, but taking two to a show is pointless until you get this sorted out. So just take one for now until you can ride one and come back or take them both and do that exercise where you go and come back. As a horse husband, before we go to Dr. Chang, I just wanted to say, yes, uh, when that happens at the show, it's very annoying for everybody else. Just saying. Uh-huh. I yeah, totally no, agree I, with that. <laughs> again, just be, if, once you get the join up and you're their leader, the one that you're on should be a lot more attentive. Um, but the one at home is going to be The other be thing tough, I would so say is if, for the one at home, if somebody, I, I probably wouldn't do that unless there was somebody at home. Because that horse is going to have a meltdown. The one you're bringing along is going to get over pretty quick because they got something to do. But the mm-hmm. one at home is the one's going to be having a meltdown. And I would just, if your husband's there or somebody else is there at the farm where they can kind of keep an eye on what's happening with that particular horse. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't leave a horse out in the pasture if I was leaving it alone because then they're just going to gallop their nuts right, off and, and run go through crazy. the fence or whatever. But yeah, yeah so, so definitely make sure somebody's home. Goat. Yeah. Or chicken or I don't know, whatever they need. All right, something sounds like good. That. All right, one, good sorry. answers. Well done. You're welcome. And uh, I'll go out and sort out Drax next. I, like, I write my own questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm this horse and I can't take anywhere. <laughs> I can do this one for my own segment. All right. Dr. Chang is ready. Oh, my gosh. More me. Dr. Chang, good morning. Good morning. I I, I was I couldn't help but overhear hear that last segment. And I think that's why people got barn cats, dogs, etc. Mm-hmm. You can take your dog with you. Right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. And leave the barn cat at home with the with the crazy that's horse. Right. Uh, right. Or as we uh, heard in the old days with goats, they used or with horse race horses, they used to use goats. They'd bring the goat yep. along. There you yep. go. Yep. It's true. It's true. Well, Dr. Chang, it is competition season. Things are gearing up all over the country um, for all the disciplines. And now is the time to get your horse moving and feeling good. Um, I had an experience with one of your um uh, products that I really appreciated. And I wanted to share it with you is I, one of these horses that came off the track just didn't, he just looked icky, you know, like he just kind of looked scruffy and scraggly. And so I immediately, I put him on biotic gate, obviously, but I also put him on a Minarec and I am not kidding you. His winter coat, his winter coat over the winter was shiny it just made such a big difference. So, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit today about Minarec as a performance kind of, I don't want to say performance enhancing, but it, it'll help you get the best performance. Is that something that you would recommend? I would, but let me, let me explain a little bit of Minarec. Well, one of the problems that I find when I talk to people is everybody says, I want something for joints. I want something for recovery. I want something for for ulcers, etc. But what people don't realize is that 
nothing happens in a vacuum. You know, everything, all the systems in the body are connected. For example, let's talk a little bit about a joint. Everybody thinks of joints. The first thing that comes to their mind is glucosamine. For horses, they shouldn't think about this, but they, they talk chondroitin. To me, chondroitin is useless for horses because they, they don't have the digestive system to break down chondroitin right. to get absorption of chondroitin. So I just say chondroitin is useless. Okay? They're herbivores. But, <laughs> Yeah, but one of the reasons people don't think about, you know, it's like I always tell people, you try to build a brick wall, and glucosamine is your bricks, okay? But you still need to get the cement, you still need to get the gravel, you still need to get the water, you still need to get the, the manpower to build a brick wall. It's the same thing with, with joints in your in your um, body, same thing re- with recovery, right? A lot of your basic building blocks are also your B vitamins. Right, your minerals. Right now, people when they talk about minerals, the things the things they think about is calcium, magnesium, and uh, sometimes they'll think a little bit about zinc. Right, but that's usually where they stop. Uh, oh yes, on phosphates. Okay, but you don't realize you also need the things like the silicon. You need copper. You need boron. You need manganese. You need selenium. All those type of things. And a lot of these minerals. The reason you need these minerals is because some of them are cofactors in a lot of your enzyme systems, right? Uh, if you don't have these things, your, your, your enzyme systems don't work as good, so they don't repair as well, right? Now, for humans, usually these things are not as important, not because we're different, but because we eat a wide variety of foods from all over the world. And foods grown all over the world usually, you know, they get stuff from the soil. Uh, whatever is in the soil is what ends up in the food. So things like your trace minerals, like your manganese, your silicons, etc. You can usually find out from food because I know cabbages from, say, um, California, cabbages grown in Kentucky, cabbages grown in Florida. They will all have different trace minerals in them because the soil is different. But usually people who feed their horses hay, well, the hay usually comes from one spot, locally grown. And whatever is deficient in that soil means it becomes deficient in your horse. Now, unless you're one of those people that are bringing hay in from, say, Kentucky, California, Florida, usually you're not going to get that, this, the, 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 a lot of trace minerals. So it's a good way. Mineric is a good product so that you can get a lot of those minerals into your system. Now, another thing that we have in Mineric is the B vitamins. Now, people... Um, don't normally think too much about the B vitamins, but the B vitamins are important because these are the things that one of the things that they do is generate, help generate ATP. ATP is basically the monetary exchange system for energy in your body. Basically, everything is is driven by ATP. Mm -hmm. ATP is your dollars and cents that basically drives all your energy systems, meaning every time your muscle contracts, it needs ATP. Even to maintain your electrolyte balance between the inside of the cell to the outside of the cell, you need ATP, right? So you need a abundance of these B vitamins. B vitamins you can normally get in the diet. And uh, if you have a horse that's just normally walking around the backyard, you probably don't need to supplement with the B vitamins. But if you have a horse that you are training and you're showing, etc., race horses, show jumping, dressage, reining, all any type of show, show horses, 
you'll probably need to supplement with ATP with um, B vitamins during show season. Gotcha, gotcha. So, what is what is Minarec specialize in? Well, Minarec is a mixture of it has a calcium, magnesium, and a whole bunch of different trace minerals. Right, too many to to go through a list on it, but we also have a whole bunch of the B vitamins, the B complexes, etc. You know, so this is why we put the Minarec together. And, and it's really, and one of the things that people will see out of that is because even growing here, as you said, a winter coat, right, requires a lot of these trace minerals. The shiny coats, etc., requires trace minerals and also your, your B vitamins. So that certainly is, will help make you a more shiny coat, right? One of the things too is that with some of these things is that even with the with the shiny coat, if you were to to do a liver cleanse, for example, that also brings out the shininess in the coat. So what I'm trying to say is that it is not just one thing for one ailment. Just because everything in the body is interconnected, you can't go wrong by taking a wide variety of the different supplements mm-hmm. to 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 enhance the performance of your horse during show season. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, another thing is when they are competing, you know, sometimes they get a little bit of aches and pains. And another thing I think that would be important if you are, you know, out and about and doing stuff or you're bringing a horse back into work that's been off work for a while is anti-flam. It's, I try to explain it as like, it's almost like a butteless butte. Would that it's be? A, anti- yeah, it's a very close analogy because it's an anti-inflammatory um, herbal extract, right? So basically, what we did, we we took herbs that have known anti-inflammatory effect, and we and we put it together into one formula, right? The nice thing about this particular formula is that it it doesn't affect the stomach. It, it does, it, you know, like your butes and your banamines of the world, your non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. One of the side effects of any of these things is that it affects the stomach, and if you have show horses. A lot of people with show horses already have ulcers or budding ulcers or ulcers to be, right? So you don't want to stress out the stomach even more for, for more stomach ulcers. So this is a nice way of, of helping the inflammation because everything you do will generate infl- an inflammatory response. Like, for example, when you put a, a horse through its paces like a race or show jumping, what happens is that you have micro tears in the muscle. The micro tears in the muscle basically generates an inflammatory response. Inflammation is good and it's also bad. You need the inflammation to help strengthen the muscles. But what what we find happening sometimes is you have a lot of subclinical inflammation that goes on and on and on and doesn't stop, right? And you need that little bit of extra to help control it because once you control the inflammation, the healing process can can start or I should say can can get an upper hand. That's what you're, you know. And right. as you as you heal, you get stronger muscles, right? And that's why you want to take the the, the anti-flam, basically to help control that inflammation. And I mean, well, I, one of the most important parts of the anti-flam is you are using an anti-inflammatory that is all herbal and natural and is not going to pop a drug test because it's not drugs; it's herbs. That's right. There there is nothing in there that will trigger a positive drug test because none of the active compounds that you find in these herbs are on any banned substance list. So that's well, why you won't, you won't see it. 
that's 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 why to do it right there. You make your guys comfortable and 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 you know be within the rules. So uh, you guys can go and check all of this out at omegaalpha.com and they are always willing and happy to answer any questions that you have. And they have places that you can go on there and find the local retailers near you. So again, check it out at omegaalpha.com. And Dr. Chang, as always, it is a pleasure and an honor to have you join us. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you, Dr. Chang. Talk to you next month. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I thought we'd uh, play a little song here, and then that'll give you a couple minutes to get ready for equestrian first world problems. What song are you playing? Depends. Uh, Let's see here. How about uh, Ready for the Ride by Katie Drake? Sounds good. All right. And uh, did we have any question first world problems? Our listeners have any problems? Uh Oh, God, I haven't even looked at it because there were so oh, wait a minute. freaking There's like many. 50 of them. So I think we're good. We'll be <laughs> yeah, good. For some reason, horse people always have problems. Love is always a gamble. Love comes with no guarantee. Once your heart has made your mind up, hope is all you see.
Well, that was Katie Drake with Ready for the Ride. You can find all of her music on iTunes, CD Baby, any place you go to find music, you're going to find Katie Drake's. Before you, we get to a question, First World Problems, there was an auction down in Australia, Jamie, and they were selling some Farlap stuff. Of course, Farlap was the incredible uh, champion thoroughbred racehorse from 26 to 1926 to 1932, like one of the biggest ones. There's movies and everything made about Farlap. Well, they had an auction of 56 items from a Farlap collection that somebody owned, and they went up an auction. One of his bridles fetched 34000 Australian dollars at auction. Mm-hmm. Um, they had another bridle that fetched $9,000. They had a pair of shoes once worn by Farlap that got $25,000. Uh, They had a program, a racing program, with the 1930 Melbourne Cup featuring Farlap's 34th race selling the program sold for $12,500. So Farlap is still popular in Australia. So which we which was the thing that sold for the most? Because I actually was watching that ahead of time. That's uh, they yeah. were trying they were guessing what was going to sell for the most. I think the bridal the sold for the most, um, and then the shoes were were in there twenty five thousand. So yeah, um, they and apparently the shoes had been bought before uh, for like twenty five thousand. So they didn't go up in price. Uh, they stayed about the same. I don't think anything <laughs> here it wasn't a money money maker, huh? <laughs> yeah, no. I think that everything stayed about the same, but for one guy to have 56 items, you know, so uh, that's an unusual auction for that to have that many come come at the same time. That is crazy. So that's the Farlap auction. All right. You want to do it? Let's do it. First world problem. First world problem. First world problem. Now, let me remind you that if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world problem because that's, you know, we have horses. And uh, also that these are submitted by the auditors. I did not make these up. These people are actually saying these things out loud. Now, remind me because mine's not written down. I have one, Glenn, that I need to to do, but I'll do it last. Okay. Um, hold on. i got to remember. Do first world Okay. Um, let's start with Misty. <clears throat> Misty says, I had to come home from a four day equestrian vacation with friends to like go back to work. <laughs> you know, vacations least- are great and you look forward to them for so long and they're over so quick. And it's funny because you have a job. Yeah, <laughs> you should right. be there. That's how job. you paid for the vacation. No, there's there's so much wrong with all of these. It's almost impossible to break them down. <laughs> like Lisa, poor Lisa. I went to the tax store to buy new things for my ponies because I had some extra cash, but I already have everything I need. <laughs> To, to be honest, I went on Horse Lovers because Jen posted the $20 fly sheet and they had Duke size and they never have 84s and they had it for $20. And I was like, well, if I'm going to pay shipping, I'm going well to need like, to <laughs> buy other stuff. And like, I couldn't find anything. Like, have it all. <laughs> Somebody punch me. Um, Shannon says, my health insurance. Oh, this is the Shannon that hurt herself, right? The Shannon Brooks. Yeah. My health insurance fund won't let me claim my cost for my warm blood as a mobility aid. 
That's a good try, though. <laughs> She's an or a provider of physical therapy or even as an emotional support animal. Hey, can we seriously start claiming horses as emotional support animals? Well, because I, thinking, I would be a dangerous human without yeah, horses. I don't think even for therapeutic riding that uh, insurance is covering it now, is it? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I've had people ask me if I take some sort of thing for riding and I don't because I'm not licensed like that. But yeah, no, I'm there's I'm sure well, there's some... a certified riding person coming on later. I'll ask her. Yeah, that sounds good. Do you take uh, what is it? Medicaid or yeah. something? Yeah. Does does uh, any insurance cover it? Um, let's see. The next problem that somebody has is Cade. I bought two new bits and the first one works so well that I don't even need to try the second one. So it's just sitting there all new and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All new and stuff. (laughs) It's all new. And And you really don't want to put the new bit in the bucket of old bits because then, you know, it'll get like dirty and and stuff. Yeah, seriously. Um, let's see. The next one is Carrie. Carrie says, I have to go on this overnight trip for work and stay at this super swanky hotel where I don't have to pay for anything. But that means I can't ride for two whole days. <laughs> That's called like a vacation. Serious. It's for work, though. <laughs> That's true. Um, Chantel, poor Chantel. I'm losing my tax shop employee discount to join the real muggle world. That's right. She's worked at like uh, tax the day or yeah. something. And she got like a big fancy job. <laughs> She's like, but no, I have to get. <laughs> I think Chantel's worked there. She worked there before I even did. So probably 12, 13 years. And I think the whole time was just for those employee discounts. Oh, yeah. Why would you why would you work in retail <laughs> otherwise? Um, Claire says, my husband got me a gift certificate to a tax store for my birthday, but I can't decide what to buy. <laughs> we all have this. This is like a common problem. Okay, let's see. We go to Chantel, a different Chantel. I washed my horse's mane yesterday and tail and put in deep conditioner because she's itchy. But then she rolled. God, it's like they just don't appreciate being clean. Nope, they don't. Joy uh, wrote this, and I would like to say that I did have to ask a follow-up question because this was very confusing just reading it. Like, I didn't know. Um, My gelding has surprising flexibility, and he decided to use it to bite a fly on his wiener. Needless to say, he gave himself a nick with his own teeth, so I had to clean a winky yesterday. This is the part that confused me. Since my mother was not available. <laughs> like, what does your mama have to do with cleaning your horse's wiener? There's so much wrong with that whole paragraph. <laughs> I think so much. So much. So I'm like, what does your mother have to do with this? Like, like, is your, you still call your mama to wash wiener? Like, like, you don't do it. And she said that, no, it's her mom's horse. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> so I was like, why do you have to call your mom? Um, Katie has a really sad problem. I can't decide if I should bring my horse to the barrel race this weekend or the dressage show because he's just too versatile. <laughs> 
There's a there's a completely opposite thing: dressage and barrel racing. I know those are like polar opposites. And one is a very loud, fractious right. environment, and the other is like super quiet. quiet. <laughs> and they require like different movements, you know, completely. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and tech. Uh, TJ says, I really, really, uh, TJ, this is such a problem for me, too. Um, I really want to go to an event, but I actually have to print out the application, fill it up by hand, write a check, and put it all in an envelope and mail it. Girl, I know. What's up with that? They do have Zentry now on USEA where you can it at least saves it all and prints it for you. But if you're not logged in, you have to do all that first. It's like exhausting. I get it. It's like homework, like paperwork. Who wants to write? Uh, Danny said, I got to spend all day yesterday as an endurance model for a Tuklat photo shoot. But I got sunburned. She posted the, a picture. She got oh cooked. God. She was bright red. She's no, she's not bright red. Just in that little V <laughs> under her neck. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Um, Lindsay says Rocket is finally ready to start competing for real. That's her off the track thoroughbred. She had about a year ago, and she's like, "But I have a bunch of vacations coming up, so I don't have time." <laughs> <laughs> bunch of vacations. Oh my God. Uh, Danielle says, I have my horses back in great riding shape, but now I have to go to Spain and work on a movie for the summer. <laughs> I'm going to have to find out more book her. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting. Who goes to work on a movie in Spain? I know. It's who was that? that uh, Danielle. Okay, I'll check on Danielle. I'll make sure. Yeah, Danielle. She has to go to work in a movie in Spain. I need more information. Um, And then my first world problem was I have a Devaku dressage saddle that I bought off eBay. That is now absolutely soaked with rain from the other day. Well, no, because I had the (laughs) saddle cover on, but it blew off because it doesn't perfectly fit. Because I bought it off eBay and they sent my Devaku saddle with a Voltaire saddle cover. Oh, the shame. (laughs) Except for Voltaire's are like way more expensive than Devacoo's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm like, oh my God, it doesn't even say Devacoo on it. It says Voltaire. And like, hello, I would like a Devacoo. But the people like see my Voltaire saddle cover and they're like, diva. And I'm like, no, it's only a Devacoo. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> and I seriously thought that in my head. I was like, God, this is so embarrassing. I don't have a Debacoo saddle cover. And I'm like, oh my God, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> write that down right now because I'm ridiculous. <laughs> well, before oh, we get to our go. next guest, I wanted to mention that uh, Leslie, I heard from Leslie here during the show. I got an email and apparently she's doing pretty well. Of course, Leslie Wiley from Horse Nation, Eventing Nation, all of that. Uh, Leslie Bateman now, sorry. Uh, and she said she's doing well. She says at any given moment, I could be happily working or passed out sleeping on the floor. Or trying to claim a, uh, trying to calm a screaming infant, so uh, she said that uh, she's hoping to be back to a semi-normal schedule in a few weeks. But she wanted everybody to know that her and the baby are doing fine. So 
so good for Leslie. I'm happy for her, yeah. and uh, we'll look. We're like, to I don't know what's back. up with Leslie. I don't know what's up with her. Why? And I was like, I do. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I have been in that nightmare of house arrest, and you're just basically eating, sleeping, and feeding, and then trying to sleep, and then trying she to feed. She got to ride. Then... Did I see? She got to ride the other day. I think she rode for the first yes. time. So she got I saw out, her. Got to good. do that. Also, uh, they just did a population cl- count at Assateague Island there in Maryland. Of course, we talk about Assateague and Chincoteague once a year during the swim and all of that, and usually get live reports from there. Well, they did a count. The population on Assateague right now is 76 horses, including 21 stallions and 55 mares. Uh, there was one birth and one death documented during the census, and the one death was a result of uh, natural causes, old age. So there you go. That's uh, 76 of them now on the island. I think they try and keep it around that. Uh, That's why they do the auctions every year and everything. Gotcha. All right. Let's go to our next guest. Uh, As we talked about uh, what seemed like a lot last week, and as uh, Jamie lived through over there in Oklahoma, the weather was horrible. We had storms all over the country. There were 300 and some tornadoes within a 12 or 13 day period. And, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to somebody who was affected by one of the tornadoes. And Kayla, one of our auditors, said, hey, you have to talk to Pam. We're here in Maryland. We don't usually get a ton of tornadoes here in Maryland, but they they did have the storms. And I want to learn a little bit more about what happened there and if there's a way that any of us can help out. I realize that there are stories like this all over the country. Unfortunately, we can't cover them all. So, uh, you know, thanks to one of our auditors, we were able to locate one of the good people doing good work and we wanted to talk to Pam this morning who uh, has a therapeutic riding center called Worthmore Equestrian Center in Maryland. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I'm sorry that we're having you on under this circumstance. I wish it was a better circumstance. Before we get started with what happened... Yep, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say I agree. I, I really do wish that it was better circumstances, but, you know, God works in mysterious ways, so you never know what comes out of this, right? Well, tell us about Worthmore. What do you guys do? Worthmore is actually the facility, and we are a boarding and lesson center. We are also home to two therapy programs. One is CART, which stands for Ken Association of Riding Therapy. Uh, they've been around since the 60s. And the second one is Bridges at Worthmore, which uh, works more in mental health services. Um, So we're here on the eastern shore of Maryland. We are just, uh, we're on the upper shore uh, in Kent County. And we have about 50 acres. We've been here since 2003. And you have a, you know, a a large facility and indoor. Uh, Tell us about, you know, what what you have facility-wise. Facility-wise, we have 42 stalls, uh, which is in the form of two barns. One barn, which is is a 30-stall barn. One barn is a 12-stall barn. Um, And uh, 80 by 200 indoor um, arena, which has stood now. We built them in 2003. Uh, The arena also has an observation room attached to it. We've been here and doing this now for 16 years. We've been through a couple of hurricanes. We've been through numerous winter storms. Uh, and at our peak, we are, we are a little high. 
um, and a little open because the Easter shore well, is pretty is flat. A bit yeah. flat. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, exactly. So for, we, we do, we're accustomed to winds. Yeah. And I've been, my brother lived down there, uh, actually near where Kayla lives. So we used to come down there a lot. And the section that you're in is very flat. Uh, you know, it's, it's the oceans on one side over there, the bay's kind of on the other side and it's kind of flat in between. Um, and, and that's, exactly. that's the section you're in. Well, what happened last week? Tell us what happened. What happened last week, it was, it was absolutely bizarre. Uh, we're also involved with Special Olympics. My son has autism. And so we were down in Chestertown on the river uh, in kayaking. So, you know, it's, it, it was one of those storms that all of a sudden it was there. Uh, we left Chestertown at, at 6 o'clock. We got home. It was probably about quarter after six. And yeah, it was a little cloudy. It, it looked like we might be having a thunderstorm roll in uh, this time of year. They're to be expected. And um, we came in the house. I passed one of my boarders who had just put her horse out and was leaving for the evening. And it started to rain. We had a, everything just seemed like a normal little storm. Um, and we had a tree come down on our front porch. We have a house here that was built in 1854. So one of the, the larger sycamores uh, came down on the porch. And I turned around, looked out the back window, and the rain was absolutely horizontal. Um, winds that I had never seen before. We have a huge honey locust in the backyard. I did not think that was going to stand. Surprisingly, it stood for the most part. Uh, and then I saw metal, sheet metal fly. Um, I went, silly, silly, you know, the things that you think about. But, of course, my brain went to, my God, we got horses out. My husband, thank God, said, where are you going? You're crazy. Um, <laughs> That's our I job, our job, Pam, house. to say that well, to it, you. <laughs> it, it is. I don't know what I would do without you guys. You know, you keep us safe. Um, <laughs> seriously, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't make much sense to do right now. Um, and once it slowed down, went out and just saw the entire indoor was on the ground. Um, it's fascinating because it was built to commercial grade. You know, it, it wasn't something we always knew we would be doing therapy. So we never wanted to have a catastrophic failure. Um, so it was absolutely, you know, a, a flooring to see that the building was gone. Well, the, um, and I'm looking at the pictures. I mean, when you say it's gone, it was flattened. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was absolutely flattened. Uh, and, you know, there's a discussion of whether it was a tornado, whether it was straight winds. We have um, our driveway is lined with uh, sawtooth oaks. And it, it was bizarre there, too. We are missing six of them now, I believe, five or six. I, I can't remember. No, I, I lie. It was five. Um, but those trees have been there, and it didn't take all of them. It only took some of them. Um, so it, it kind of jumped around. When you it say they're missing, really... do you mean they're knocked down or they're missing? No, actually, these guys were, were no, they're here. They're, okay. They were knocked down. Okay. Um, the, the sheet metal from the indoor was just, taken across the field and i know without the pictures it's it's kind of hard no to, it was to a mess they i were, mean they're everywhere they were in my neighbors <laughs> yeah yeah um and what doesn't tell us we did have a horse that was seriously injured 
through this because we didn't have them in. It just it just showed up. The storm couldn't have been more than 10 minutes total. Were the barns okay? The barns survived? The barns did. We, we have um, actually, okay, so as a husband, again, this is one of those things. Um, my one barn is an older barn with a roof that really should be repaired. And of course, that roof stayed on the barn. And it's like, a which roof? So you take no, you take the indoor. Of course, you take yeah, the, the biggest one. Year old roof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course, <laughs> of course. Um, the the, the uh, longer thirty stall barn does have damage done to it. Uh, whether that was because of flying debris, which is what it looks like. It it looks like it, you know um, the gutters were ripped off of it. Um, holes in the roof, pieces that were missing from there. But I am. I'm making the assumption right now that it was from flying debris. So you, your horses were out. Were, were, was only one of them hurt? Only one. We wow. have 44 horses and You're only lucky. one was with injured. With all the debris everywhere? Yeah. You're lucky. <laughs> that was just... Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. It was frightening. Uh, the paddock where the horse that got injured was in, I did not think he survived. When I walked out there, uh, all I could see was sheet metal. And there was no fencing and there was no horse. So I assumed he was underneath the sheet metal. And thankfully, he's he's obviously, we all know he's got a spirit. Um, and he did. He was like, nope, I'm out of here. We found him a few paddocks down where he had just decided to take up residence rather than where he was. But he was seriously injured. Um, I can happily report, however, we did not think he was going to make it, but, um, right now he looks pretty awesome. Yeah, so Good. it looks like he is going to come through. Well, we're all happy. I have, a, I have a question for you about that is does it, does, um, because I'm living in a tornado nightmare. She lives in Oklahoma, uh, tornado capital of the world. So yeah. yeah. Oh, God bless <laughs> you. Yeah. I just moved here. It's really fun. Um, does, does uh, insurance take care of the vet bills on that? Like your home insurance or is that not covered? You know what? I think it depends on what kind of coverage you're going to have right now. We're looking at our, our liability, our GL, um, insurance, and that was not covered under that. In this kind of a situation, um, I don't know if you can go under your home insurance. You might be able to. That's a good question. I think it probably it does be depend on your state and what yeah. insurance you have. Yeah. That is yes. a good question. Absolutely. I have, I'm going to be calling up the husband seeing what kind of coverage we got here. But no, I, I had to step away for a second. Did you have your, how, how much, did you know the tornado was coming? No, Do y'all have no, no, she had said no she, idea. There was no warning. It was ten. It was the storm was there, and then pff, ten minutes and done. So it, were most of your horses out? They were all in? out. Yeah. Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah, they sorry, were all out. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. do you no, think it's, that it's okay? Do you think that that was a better way to have them? Because again, I'm asking for a friend um, <laughs> to have them out or have them in with the debris and all that that went around. You know, I think, again, it's going to be a hit or miss if in a tornado, uh, you know, again, this hit nothing else, nothing else. And it only hit the horse in our one in our first paddock. Now, each we and we have um, how we're structured is our barns are kind of in the center of our property. And then we have four larger fields um, on the perimeter. And then I have 10 smaller 
individual paddocks that are, um, I'm, I'm estimating now, I'm trying to remember whether there may be a 50 by 100. Um, and the horse right next to this paddock, there's no damage done there at all. And, wow. you know, we're talking 20 feet away and there's nothing. And in that paddock, it was absolutely decimated, decimated. Yeah. That's the we part have, of the fun of tornadoes. Right. That are sticking straight up in the ground that, you know, we're not going to, you, you had to go and literally, you know, really get a person behind it to yank it up. Um so yeah, God God was on our side to only get one horse injured. And no doubt. So now and and we always have this and I know why she's asking that cuz this has been our debate for 10 years on this show is do you leave him out or do you leave him in? If this had decided not to hit the indoor and take out the barns, they might have been better off out, you know? So you just don't. That's right. You, you don't know. Well, see, That's here's right. the problem with no, what you... I'm dealing with here, and I don't know if your tornado had this surrounding it is hail. Like baseball size hail we we've had here nothing exactly we didn't and that's why we're and they're still debating on um whether this was straight line or whether this was torn i mean you know the whole thing is up for discussion well um and can I st- let me stop you there our... that that argument that the weather sure. channel makes they're always like oh we're not sure if it was a tornado it doesn't matter your destruction's the same no matter what it was doesn't matter what you call it thank you your very much. barn is still gone what... <laughs> it's like i don't care if it was a microburn Yes. or a macro burst <laughs> right. or whatever. It doesn't matter. That's right. Thank you for understanding that. <laughs> it, doesn't it depends matter. on um, where the shear I, line is. Yeah. The shear line making its way from the, southeast. The right. shear line was over her and, indoor. <laughs> like, what in the hell is a shear uh, line that's anyway? Right. <laughs> God. Tell me about it. It's it's insane. I know we have people coming up our driveway going, oh my God. I've never seen anything like this. And no, trust me, I haven't seen it either. Well, um, I, I the wanna... lady across the street's been here for 64 years. She's never felt anything like it. I wanted to ask you about the therapy. About the therapy, uh, you have two organizations that are using your place. Are they going to be able to keep going in any yes. form at this point? How's that going to work? No, at this point, we are we're in serious trouble. At this point, um, I um, I'm trying to figure out if I can get some kind of a cover. Or something on our outdoor to be able to make it more workable. But I've got to fix the fence there, too, because, of course, the debris flew and took out the outdoor. Um, the, we are going to have to cancel our Easter Seals program because we had a, a mechanical lift uh, and the ramp. Everything was in the indoor. And obviously, that's of no use right now. So Easter Seals Camp Fairly will definitely be shut down this year. Mm. Uh, some of our um, behavioral health programs, hopefully we're going to be able to run outside. But we also work with families or, or, yeah, families with incarcerated parents. You know, when when I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm like, I don't know how we're going to run. I don't know how we're going to run. But um, maybe we structure some round pens. I, I don't know. Is the insurance going to, is your insurance going to cover the the destruction? It's going to cover the building, whether, and and it will cover some of the contents, but the discussion comes now of whether or not they're going to cover cleanup. Fencing. They're not going to cover lost revenue. Right. Right. So 
there's those other pieces. They don't cover um, the down trees. So if I have trees down, which I did on my pasture fence, uh, they'll cover some of the fencing, but not all of the fencing. So crazy. They won't cover the, the trees down in a driveway. So depending on where it was. Because um, that's different than a tree cover. that's in a different no. part of the property. <laughs> like... Absolutely. And I will tell everybody, please, please, please take this into consideration. Because we had done this early on to just trying to save money on insurance because, you know, you try not to overinsure, but please don't underinsure. I was lucky enough a couple of years ago, again, God knows he was on my side, um, that we changed our insurance to replacement cost. Mm. Because we changed it to replacement cost, they're not going to just say, oh, well, it was $220,000 to put up the building, so here you go. Yeah, no, you're going to cover. I'm not going to give you half of that because of right. wear and tear and everything else. Um, exactly. Yeah, good point. And uh, Jamie, that new barn, make sure you have replacement costs on that thing. Because um, it's like a don't. car. As soon as it rolls off the driveway, it's worth half of what you bought it for. So um, That's right. Well, you do have a fundraiser that's going right now. And uh, we will, uh, if Jamie, if you could put a link on the Facebook page to that so people could find it. It's at GoFundMe. And uh, it's going on right now to help out with some of those costs that are not covered so that we can get these programs that are so important uh, back up and running again. Um, and and you can also see the pictures, and we'll put a link to that in our show notes for today's episode as well, if you'd like to go there. So on our Facebook page at Horses in the Morning, and in our show notes as well. Pam, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, good luck with this. Thank we, you so much. We, I don't know if you can answer this question about insurance. We, we This came up earlier in the show. Is Does in any health insurance cover therapeutic, therapeutic riding of any kind? Do you know that? Um, it does depending on whether or not the services are being, well, I can't even say that some, sometimes it does. Um, it's kind of a, a bizarre way of going about it. So if, if it's hypotherapy services and they're by a licensed clinician, they will cover it. Got it. That makes sense. But I also do have, yeah, but now now some insurance companies are weird on this too because I have a couple of clients that they pay the bill and then we give them a receipt and they are reimbursed. Okay. Well, so it's like so anything else insurance. Again, some do, some don't. <laughs> it's like anything else. That's right. And and I will I will close with this, Glenn. My husband has worked in the insurance industry for a few years wow. and I'm so sad and he hates it. Don't get me wrong. He absolutely <laughs> hates it. But his his position is like is um he was at one point vice president for safety. So of course he watches and goes, you do realize, okay, this is like a safety and insurance nightmare. You are putting people with disabilities on top of flight animals. You do understand what we're doing here. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. But, you know, it takes a special kind of horse. Spoken really like a does. true insurance guy. Awesome <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. So he just he just kind of does his thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be okay. I promise. I promise. <laughs> There's a guy I'm that like, should not have married a horse woman. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thank you, Pam. And good oh, luck. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take Thanks care. so much, Glenn. Take care.
Bye. Well, I mean, the pictures here, it took the roof and shredded it. I mean, it shredded mm-hmm. the roof, and the entire building was completely flattened, yet the houses and the barns right beside it are fine. Mm-hmm. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Just bizarre. And I don't know, that was one of my biggest pet peeves, is when you hear the Weather Channel arguing about whether it was a tornado when they look at the destruction. I'm going, you know, that person doesn't care what you call it. <laughs> they really don't. I know, I know. There, the the weather center here is just. I mean, the, it's just so intense. So it, we break oh, on be TV awful. all the time. <laughs> well, the whole like national weather, everything for the entire country is about four miles from me. Uh. <laughs> like where they do all the weather. So we have tornado sirens everywhere, and they test them. It's so funny. They test all the tornado sirens at noon on Saturday. And the first Saturday, all these sirens go off. And I'm like, air raid! <laughs> what is going on? The bombers are coming. The bombers they're are coming. They're coming for us. <laughs> Take cover. They're like, no, they're just testing the sirens. I'm like, oh, well, that's terrifying. So every Saturday still, it gets me every because Saturday. Because you guys also had a lot of missile silos in that state. So I mean, there's that too. There's all sorts of nightmare that lived here. I don't know why people live here, but I don't know why people lived in Arizona either. Because everything there is trying to kill you. So I, I get it. I don't know. I'm fortunate we don't have that problem in Florida. Things trying to kill us. We don't have that problem at all. My mom said that she's in Florida, and she said it hasn't rained in weeks and weeks. No, we've been dry. Yeah, no, we're usually in wet season now, like monsoon season, and nothing. It's been very dry. Well, I got we got to end on a happier note, okay? And I find the perfect happy note to end on. So. We've had your dad on the show before. You got you grew up in Georgia, and your dad has a thick Southern accent. I mean, to the That's point true. where I understand some of what he was saying. We had to ask him to repeat it. Where do you think I get it? <laughs> well, and you could go into the Southern accent like the best of them, and you could tell that's not fake. That was... That that's there. Uh, that is no fake Southern accent you go into. Been hearing my daddy talk like that my whole life. Oh yeah, and your daddy is <laughs> is tough. Did your mom talk like that too? My mom lives in Florida, and she grew up uh, in South Carolina. So uh, she has some. She, she has, has some more words. refined. The more refined. She's more refined, but she yeah. has some words that make me crazy. And I'll tell you, give you the examples. Like my mom will say, like the days of the week. It's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday. Friday. I'm like, Mom, it's day. It's a day. D a y day. And then the other thing is. The I it's either things that end in an R or a W. For example, just take a look out that window and take a look in the mirror. Yeah. And lay your head down on the pillow. I'm like, oh my God. Finish the word. Now, Jemmy, you <laughs> lived in New Orleans and then you also lived in Virginia where the accents are pretty thick, right? You lived in Virginia for a while. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. And both very thick. And the thicker in Virginia you go up, the, the thicker you go up in the mountains, the higher up you go in the mountains, well, the thicker it gets. You too. And ain't in got... New Orleans, the deeper you go downtown, the thicker it gets. Yeah. And in New Orleans, you got the Cajun. You got the Cajuns down there in New Orleans. I was sitting beside one of them when I was in New Orleans. I mean, he was a real Cajun boy. His last name was probably Hebert, like mine. And uh, I didn't understand two words he was saying. I just, I totally <laughs> didn't understand. His Swiss accent was so thick. What's bizarre is the accent sounds so similar to a Haitian accent because they're both similar roots, language-wise. French, yeah. And so I never forget when my parents. Yeah, when my parents took me to Tulane to go to college, I remember the look on my dad's face as we're torn around downtown New Orleans, and he had this weird look, like he was very confused. I'm like, what's the matter? He said, 
my brain doesn't understand this. I'm hearing something. I feel like I need to comprehend, but I don't understand what they're saying. It's like <laughs> his ear, it sounded like his native language, but it wasn't. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty thick. Well, there you, your relatives and where you lived ain't got nothing on this guy. This is Kentucky now. I lived in Kentucky too, and man, this is we're gonna very play you something rural Ooh. Kentucky. And so this guy had been uh, had witnessed an accident. Uh, I'm just gonna play his part. I'm not playing the rest of the news story because I want to see if you understand anything he says. This is the mountains of Kentucky. About what happened? Well, I just had got done feeding my chickens, watering them, and stuff, and I walked back to my house there to get my phone so I could play a video game on it. And all of a sudden, I heard a big boom. I looked back out my door, and the electric pole fell, and the lines were falling, and the jail tacklers sideways into the fence. Then the folks inside the car got a big surprise. Well. Okay, so there's a little bit of him. Uh, that is Kentucky in the mountains. Now, now let's just say that the, the, there was basically setting the scene is there was a big boom and a car crash, and this guy... <laughs> Who, why did you have to tell us you were going to get your phone to play some video games? Oh my God. Are you going to play the rest of it or are you done yeah, there? He's, he comes in again later on in the news story, so here he is. He need to get out of that water, but say I didn't know he was getting ate up by bees. I thought he was just high. Deputies say the couple <laughs> were under the... So the car wrecks. So you, you should play just the whole thing because the whole the car wrecks and then he sees Into the people beehive. running... <laughs> And going crazy, and they wrecked into a beehive, and the bees were then in their car. <laughs> he has some more. You want to hear some more? Yes. yes. The influence of drugs. They say they had driven down the road looking for a place to swim. That girl in that little bikini, she had a little red dot over her. Right Even here. Gary Lee right got here. stung while he was out there. Needless to say, investigators call it an unusual case, but everyone around here hopes the two learned a serious lesson. Think they learned their lesson? I say by day they are. If I feel like my leg feels, I'd say they're learning. In Laurel County, Garrett. <laughs> oh, wow. That's when the news anchor just let it roll. Let That's it roll. like Keep gold to find that guy. And you know they looked around for that guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it's funny because the, the news anchor seems like he's feeling a little awkward interviewing him. But, dude, you got to be proud of those. When you find those guys... Because you know come it's out. gone viral and we're playing it on our show and every other radio DJ in the world's playing it on their show. And it's <laughs> not new. I mean, this is a couple years old, too. It's just that good. It's just making the rounds again. Like scooter rolling oh, in the water. Funny. <laughs> that's funny. All right. I just had to play that so you could have a chuckle to end the day today. Uh, tomorrow is the jumping episode with Caroline and Emily will be here uh, talking all about jumping your horse. And then Wednesday we'll be back uh, with the normal episode with Jamie and I. Thursday is the driving episode with Wendy and I. And then Friday, some really bad ads. So that's what's coming up on this week's shows. All right, everybody, what did we learn today? Oh, goodness. I got to go back through. I learned that a lot of people have problems just like me, and they're called first world problems. And then there's people with first world problems, real problems. So, so, real problems, yeah, like your, your real tornado problem, like, blowing down your, your barn. barn. So. <laughs> I learned you need to check your insurance and find out, because it's probably been a lot of years since you bought that insurance on the farm. Probably a good time to call Would you your call that insurance uh, the, that I need to make sure I have? You need to make sure that you have replacement insurance on the buildings. So there's two kinds of insurance. One is replacement insurance, and then there's kind of what I would say is regular cost insurance. Of cost yeah. of replacement. Yeah, cost, cost, 
replacement. That's it. So you want to make sure it's going to cover the the cost of replacement. Thank you, Jimmy, um, of the barn, and not just replacing the barn at the current value of the barn, which is going to be, you know, her barn was 16 years old. It's going to be half of what she built it for. Yeah. So uh, fortunately, she had the right kind of insurance, thanks to her husband. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's what I learned. I learned that, Jimmy. Did you learn anything today? I sure did. I learned that horses, some of them are surprisingly flexible. I mean, that one, (laughs) Nick is so needy. Like, that's insane to me. (laughs) Just insane. She, so she didn't learn anything about horses learning in pictures, about how to train a horse. She learned a horse no. can bite its own wiener. <laughs> hey, all of that was interesting. You asked me for one thing, that's what stood out. Okay? <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, everybody, have a great day. Spay, neuter, and geld. Don't bite your own wiener. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>